Good morning, everybody. Today, B'Sat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yudalad in Maseches Nedarim. We'll start in Yudgivan on the base. We're starting with a new parak, a second parak of Eilu Mutarim. Oh, that sounds like promising. Here's everything that's mutter. You ready, Andrew? So, Svi Birnbaum was complaining last night using the words of the Rishonim, Lashon Nedarim Mishuna, right? This can mean a number of different things, but the language of Maseches Nadarim is a little bit different. We already know we don't have Rashi; we have the Ran. It's um, it's a it's a attempt to try to figure out what are people saying when they're making these Nadarim, and sometimes it's hard to tell. And throughout the Masechta, we keep asking: Is this for Meir or is this for Behuda? We know that for Meir and Behuda have two fundamentally different ways of looking at the words that people are saying, starting to build a personality profile, Andrew. We, we, like, we look at Rameir a little bit more as he's the in-house attorney. He wants every T crossed and I dotted. I don't know if these two things are related, but I will tell you that Rameir wants, if you're going to make a nether, it's better be like B'nai Gada B'nai Ruven, explicit. If this, then this. If that, then that. Everything spelled out. Leaving no, no inferences, right? You can't assume one from the other. And he'd rather you didn't make Nadarim altogether. That's the other uh, psak of Rameir. Whereas Rabbi says, listen, Nadarim are motivating. If you're going to make an Nadar and follow through, maybe that's the best. And, you know, you don't, if you, even if you're not that exact, we're going to uh, extrapolate from your words. Now, Elu Mutarin, uh, as the Mishnah starts, Elu Mutarin really means that you have not obligated yourself to the nether. In other words, it's not, oh, these are a nether that you're mutter to do. It's not likely to be what it means. What it means is, this is a nether that if you were to express a nether in such a way, instead of the typical thing that a nether would do, which is to take something which was previously mutter and make it usher, this language of nadarm that we're about to say would be ineffective, and thus there would not be a nether, and thus the item that you tried to usher by mere verbal expression, would remain mutter. How so? Says the Mishnah. Chulin she'ochad l'cha. Does that make sense? I'm telling Andrew, this chulin that I eat of yours, that just means I'm going to eat it. So wait a minute. So, so what am I doing? I'm promising that I'm going to eat your sandwich, Andrew? No, it just means chulin, right? The, the Gemara's going to ask, why do you even have to say this? Okay. The point is that chulin is just an expression of not Kaddish, therefore not Aser, and therefore you're not really obligating to eat it, you're not obligating not to eat it, you're just declaring that you can eat it, and therefore that is okay. That, the, then the opposite, and this is what the Gemara is going to say, I'll give it away now, Kivsar Chazir Kevodos Kachavim. This we've already discussed. Kivsar Chazir, pork. If you say this is like pork, Chazar Treif, so then, again, the statement is a partial statement, so we'll, we, everywhere... That's why it's a little difficult to, to read it straight. But what it really means is I'm saying that Andrew's sandwich, right? It's a regular sandwich that he picked up at the Knish shop. I say it's going to be also to me like, like Chazer Treif. I cannot do that because as we've already said, it has to be Dover Hanadur that in order for a nether to take hold and become Usr, I have to take something which has already been designated Usr, but not inherently. Designated usher, rather, this, we've already been pounding this idea. Uh, we got into it uh, in great detail yesterday. 
this is has to be something which is uh, made usher by virtue of have already been made a nether, been usher by a nether. And since pork is inherently usher, so then comparing, doing its fisa, a comparison of Andrew's sandwich from um, the knishop to pork is not going to work as a nether and it'll thus be mutter. Okay. Similarly, kavodos kachavim, right? Avodos kachavim, if it is aser bahanda'ah, and therefore, if I'm comparing Andrew's sandwich to an avodos kachavim, I'll still be allowed to eat it. It's a, it's a, it's a nether that does not work. Okay. Keoros levuvin. Oros levuvin are skins of animals. Levuvin from the Russian lev, heart. So or is skin, lev is heart. Why would the skin of the animal be perforated at the heart? Because, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Thailand, Andrew, but if you go to some of the Avodazara ceremonies, which you shouldn't, they, it, it's very typical that they would take the heart of the animal out and serve that heart of the animal to their Avodazara. Oh. So now you know this is an item that's probably been used in the service of Avodazara. A very interesting halacha you should know, Barry, is that an avodazara itself, if you had an actual idol, um, thank you to our school for pointing this out, if you had an actual idol and then people decide, you know what, this idol, <laughs> this, this, this avodazara isn't really doing it for me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm still not winning at the slot machines. So they just cancel it. They, you can cancel uh, idols and say, this, this is idols no good anymore. Okay. Uh, Masha Ain Kane. Uh, as something which was served, brought in the service of said idol, like the heart of an animal or the perforated skin of the animal's hide, so that can never be canceled. In other words, if it was used in the service of said avodazara, you could never remove the, the, the stench of avodazara off of that. And therefore, that would always be us or inherently, right? Even more so than the idol itself. Is this indicating that if you had a non-kosher butcher shop, you could profit from it? So Barry wants to know, if you had a non-kosher butcher shop, would you be able to profit from it? In other words, can you have um, our, our trephus and nevelus mutter behana? You're allowed to give trephus and nevelus to your dogs. Uh, but, but the thing is, um, right, you don't have, food doesn't have, to, I mean, if it's basar v'chalav, it's asar behana. So you got to check out the dog food, make sure it's not basar v'chalav. A lot of people don't know that. I know that we've babysat for dogs and they bring the, the owners bring their food. You know, from owners, sometimes you look at the ingredients, it's basa v'chalav. You cannot do that. But, but it doesn't have to be uh, mahadrin. It doesn't have to be badatz mahadrin. It can be trephus and nevelis. You can have that in your house and feed it to your dog. Now, to open up a butcher shop may have other problems, that, that, that uh, halachic problems aside from, from trephus and nevelis. But as far as isr hana per se, you can feed it to your dogs. Okay, so I would imagine that that would not be a problem. Now, can Nevelos to Trefos, funny you should mention that, Barry. Okay, so Nevelos to Trefos, again, it's inherently Asr. It doesn't have to be Asr Bahana, it just has to be Asr uh, Be'achila, right? In other words, it would be Asr for me to eat Nevelos and Trefos. So if I say that Andrew's sandwich should be Asr to me like Nevelos and Trefos, and, and that's the reason why I'm not going to eat it, that's going to be no der al davar Asr to me. Not al davar hanuda, right? Hanudar. And therefore, that would still be asr, okay? In other words, that would be considered mutarin, right? That would still not be in there, okay? Kishkatsim and ramasim, obviously, shkatsim and ramasim, asr for me to eat. And, and Barry's right. 
Some of these things are asr be'achila. Some of them are asr be'hana'a, right? These don't, not, not all of these have the same level of isr, okay? As we'll see. But these first cases of, right, the, perfor- the uh, perforated heart skins and the nevelas and trefos and escotchim remasim are all what we call davar asr. And making a nether on a davar asr, be it asr be'achila or also asr be'hana'a, Whatever the level of Isr is, at le- if it's at least Asr Ba'achila, then it's going to be something that's already too Asr to make a nether upon, and therefore it would be a nether that is nonsensical, and I would still be able to eat Andrew's sandwich were he kind enough to share it, which I'm sure he would be. Now I say, Kechalas Aharon Uchis Maso. So now you're getting into, you're getting from the least yeshivish thing, which is pork, to a mitzvah. What's the Chala of Aaron? It's chala, what we call chala, right? That you have to be mafresh chala before you eat. Now, mafresh chala, today we burn it, but you used to give it to the coin, right? You'd separate, you'd be mafresh chala and give it to the coin. That's why it's called chalas aharon, because he was the OG coin, right? The original coin. Thing is, there is an irony here, because the mitzvah of chala only start when they entered Eretz Yisrael, and so Aaron, a coin himself, never did have chalas aharon. But... Uh, we refer to it as the Chala of the Kohen. Uchis Maso, right? And we've already discussed uh, tr- the concept of Truma, which is separated for the Kohen. Now, if you're a Kohen, it's a different thing. But we're talking now about uh, Israelim over here, right? If we're all sitting here and we're Israelim, we say that, right? So if I said that Andrew's, um, if I'm not allowed to eat the Chala or the Truma because I'm not a Kohen, and I say that Andrew's sandwich should be also to me, like the challah of a coin. So there, it's, another, it's an example, Barry, since you brought it up, where he, Kohanim could eat it. It's not an iser. And even though it's not l'chol nefesh, the fact that it would be usher to me to eat is enough to make the nether nonsensical and thus the sandwich mutter, okay? Um, the nether ineffective. And therefore it would be among the things that are mutarim. In all these cases, says the Mishnah, mutter, right? He who makes such a nether has not really accomplished anything because the nether did not uh, add anything. These things were already, those, again, the sandwich that Andrew has was always mutter to me, right? Were he sh- kind enough to share it? The things that I'm comparing it to, what we call tfisa, the things that I am saying by saying, so, so, so it's interesting. If I had said that Andrew's sandwich should be also to me and just said it like that, so then maybe, right, it would have been directly a nether. Right, but I'm not. I'm saying Andrew's sandwich should be also to me like something which is already inherently usher. That does not work. Okay, that does not work. Whether it's to say Andrew's uh, sandwich should be also to me, just uh, without any association, we've already said that's a machlokas. Whether that would work, but certainly if you associate it with something that's already inherently usher, that would not work. That is what is highlighted in our mission now. Uh, now we're going to have a separate thing having entirely to do with how a husband should treat a wife vis-a-vis this kind of behavior. You know, Barry and Andrew, you guys are not aware. I have met Lainey and Sandy. So this is something that's going to be hard for me to explain to you. But there are uh, some jerks out there, Andrew, and they mistreat their wives. And Birnbaum thinks that that's more likely when you have multiple wives. And it's not a good idea to have multiple wives. But if you have so many wives that it's easy to take one wife for granted. It's easier still to take three wives for granted. 
um, and so when you have multiple wives and you say, and, and you're like not in the mood, you know, for one of them, you could say some awful things. Not you, but one could. And therefore, you're making the darim, yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Okay? That's an awful thing to say. And Chazal did not want husbands to say such things to wives. In those cases, I'm going to say it outside first, even though they're going to say some nonsensical things that are going to make the darim that are meaningless, we're going to maybe, as a derabanan, Chazal's going to make you have to go to the rabbi now and have that neder undone. Not because the neder really takes hold, because we've just said that right, an ineffective neder doesn't mean anything, but because we want to give you a hassle so that you knock off that kind of behavior and not treat your wife like that. And don't make the dharma at your wife. Keep your wife out of it, as follows. Says the Mishnah. As Birmam says, to this comment, to, uh, to say to your wife, you should be to me like my mother, uh, there is never going to be a context where that's a good thing to say. <laughs> you can't think of one. Um, be that as it may, what he means here is like, let's say, with regards to being with his wife, obviously being with his mother is, it would be an erva, because we've already learned Yavama, so we know that. So to tell your wife that you're going to be also to me like my mother, which is an erva, or, so what do we do for him? Says the Mishnah Postkin Lopesa, because we finally arrive at Yudalad Amidalaf, and Andrew's <laughs> blood pressure is at an all-time high because he doesn't know if we're going to make it, but Zerat Hashem, we will. Mimakam Acher. We find him uh, a Pesach Mimakam Acher. What's a Pesach Mimakam Acher? In other words, we find a reason to undo. As we'll see, Pesach means we're finding a, a rationale to undo the nether. To say, right, some sort of loophole to get him out of this, right? That's what we mean. Why did you say such a thing in, in the first place? If you would have known such and such a thing, and how would you react? Would have made the nether? We'll look for any source to undo this nether is what that means, okay? Because we're going to make him undo the nether. But be that as it may, we're going to go make him come to shul and have that uncomfortable conversation with the rabbi because he's going to have to undo the nether for him because we don't want him talking like that back at home, right? As the Mishnah concludes, Shiloh Yokel Rosho Lechach. That he shouldn't be uh, frivolous about these matters, in, mean, which is to say he shouldn't start, talk to his wife like that, okay? And it is for that reason that the Darabon had said, yeah, come to Shul. We'll, we'll see if we can get you out of this nether. We know we're going to get him out of it because the nether was nonsensical to begin with, Andrew. It didn't mean anything because, again, it was a no de al-davar asr, not al-davar another. Uh, but we're going to make him go through the hoops because we're going to disincentivize him from ever talking like that again. So now the Gemara begins and says the following. Time with Amar chulun she'ocha l'cha. Ha'amar la chulun she'ocha We've learned this already five times, right? That if he says that, if I say that Andrew's sandwich should be chulin to me, so of course it's going to be, that's something that's already mutter, so I haven't really accomplished anything. But if I say that it should be la chulin, so then we already said that we mean that it's lo chulin, and therefore I'm saying that it's like a korban, and once I'm saying it like, that it's like a korban, well, that is the davar hanadur, and therefore it would be usher to me. And now, as we keep asking, money must nisin, you can see Ravashi maybe did not edit Nadarim to the same extent as some Rishonim say, as other Masechtas, because why are we asking this question every single time? But we are asking it nonetheless. It makes it a little bit easier to, to uh, get through Dafyomi faster. Mani Mas Nisin, Ir Meir, Halais Miklal, as we finally arrived at Yudal and Rolf, Miklal Lava Tashamehain. Right? In other words, this whole idea of La Chulin is a lav, right? You're saying it's not Chulin. So we've already said, 
as we said in our introduction today, that Rabbi Meir doesn't like that. He wants you to spell it out. So he would not learn korban from saying, just saying not chulun. Rabbi Meir would say, say what you mean, mean what you say. If you want to say korban, say korban. Or say it's kafal, right? Lat, lat chulin, but yes, korban. Whereas Rabbi Huda, once you say la chulin, he knows that you mean not chulin, and he infers korban, right? So that's what the Gemara says. It's not Rabbi Meir, but el Rabbi Huda. It's not Rabbi Meir, but, but it sounds more like Rabbi Huda. The problem is, if it's Rabbi Huda, says the Gemara, hainu resha. Well, we've already learned la chulin from Rabbi Huda in the previous parak, in the previous Mishnah. So if we've learned that, that's what it means by ratio. So if we've learned that already, so then what are we learning new here from this chulin idea, right? Barry, you, you can attest to the fact that we've learned la chulin already. Why are we learning it again in this Mishnah? That's what the Gemara wants to know. So the Gemara says, you know what? We're conceding that that's true, that it's, it's redundant to learn it again, but we're learning it in order to contrast it with these other other things of Chazir and Avodos Kachavim, which you have not learned yet. As follows. Says the Gemara, I did the Ketanin Kavzar Chazir, Kavodos Kachavim. Since we want to learn and contrast Chulin to Chazar Treif, Pork, and Avodos Kachavim, Lahachi Ketani Chulin. We're only learning Chulin as a contrast, but not because we're learning anything new. And Enechinami, it's according to Rabbi Huda, and it, uh, if we said La Chulin, it would in fact work, but, uh, we don't mind learning that idea again. Because after all, we're contrasting it with something, and so it has some value to, to learn it in this way. That's one possibility. Another possibility, Ravina says, Ravina Amar, Hachiktanu, Ve'el Mutarm Kechulin, Kivsar Chazir Kavodos Kachavim. In other words, take away the comma. Not, in other words, the way we read it before was Ve'el Mutarin, the name of the parak, these are this one, Mutar, Chulin, Sar Chazir, Avodos Kachavim. Now, Ravina says, conjugate it this way, or, Put this comma afterwards. It says, And these things should be mutter like chulin. Right? Because that's the consequence of it being mutter. If the nether doesn't take, that means that it's mutter. And I can, despite making this nonsensical nether, I could still eat Andrew's sandwich where he kind enough to share. What are the examples of that which is mutter kechulin? So then if you put the comma between chulin, and the, and the Chazir and Avodos Kachavim, so that also makes sense. So that's Ravina's suggestion. Okay, however, the Gemara wants to throw that suggestion at. Why? Because it says, hava mina she'ela. Huh. It says like this, if, according to your reasoning, we needed to say that it's, that it's, mutter, uh, that it's right, mutter like chulin, which sounds like you need to say that. So what would we have said if it was Elun Mutarn? So it sounds like we would have said that you need to go back and get, and, and get the rabbis to undo the nether. Why would you need to go back and get the rabbis to undo the nether? Why would you think that by Vodos Kachavim and Chazir? Why would you think that? I mean, didn't we already say that if you know there are Davar or Asr that it doesn't work? Well, because it's the context of the second half of the Mishnah, where when we make you go back to the rabbi because you made a nether to your wife, we say... And we have introduced in our Mishnah the concept, right, of, of going back and having to undo the nether. So because of that, right, we, we, we might need to, right, we might need to come to that conclusion that you would do so by Chazer and, and, um, as well. Let's read that inside. He says, Wait, would anybody think that you have to go back and, and do a She'ela when you compare it to a Vodazar and Chazer? So he says, yeah. Right, 
So the Gemara is saying, well, the fact that we're bringing up, right, how many the say from the fact that in the safe of the Mishnah we bring it up, that a person who is noted to Ishto and says, you should be to me like my mother, that in fact, the fact that in that case, we actually have to go and buy Sheila, right? Go to the rabbi and undo that. We call the racial loba Sheila. We say, we would not have assumed that you need Sheila. So it is an inter- it is a, a, a curious havamina that we would think that you need Sheila for Chazir and Avodas Kachavim. Because, says the Gemara, that's not what we would have thought. Because even if we would have had that thought, which would have been a weird thought to have, why would Avodas Kachavim Chazir require Sheila? The fact that it's mentioned in the Seifa doesn't reflect on thinking that you would have that thought by Chazir and Avodah Kachavim as well. On the contrary, right? The Seifa of the Mishnah is contrasting with the Reish of the Mishnah. And therefore, you would not have ever had that thought. And therefore, says the Gemara, So this second suggestion of Ravina, right, that you put the comma, it sounded so good. It actually sounded like a good editorial comment that you just put the comma after Chulin and say that these things are muttered like Chulin. The Gemara rejects that suggestion of Ravina and says that no, we would never have had a Havamina that you would need Sheila by Chazir and Avodos Kachavim. And that is certainly uh, true because after all, we would have been right contrasting it with the safe of the Mishnah. And therefore, Ravina's suggestion is discarded and we say no. The reason why we're making, saying Chulin is simply to contrast with Avodos Kachavim and Chazir, and therefore that is why Chulin is mentioned. And so we move on 10 lines down on Yudal and Aleph, and we talk about this idea of Davar Hanadur versus Davar Asr in greater length as follows. Says the Gemar. We know Animili. Where do we know that when, you, when you're making a nether, it's only valid if it's on Davar Hanadur, but not on Davar Asr? What's the source of such a thing? It's not intuitive, Andrew. Like, well, it's not intuitive. You would have thought that if I say this is also to me like Chazar Treif, that that would work even better. What, like, where did we come up? Like, we've already pounded it so many times into your heads that you're assuming that it's true. But I'm like gaslighting, Barry. <laughs> like, I mean, why would it be true? Says the Gemara, like this, Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, Ish ki idor neder Hashem. Aha. Idor neder, it's like a redundant language. Oh, so it must be that the neder is on something that's already had a neder on it. Aha. As the Gemara says, Achidor bedavar ha nadar. Aha. You have to associate it, right, do the tefisa on something which has already been done another. So the Gemara asks, look at the psukim. Barry, you can't fall for that. You're a balkara. Ihach, if you'll bedavar asar nami. It says, the haksiv les sorry sar on the show. Why, look at the pasuk. Ishki dor neder Hashem. Or yishavashuval esar isar on the show. Well, guess what? Just like it says yidor neder, it also says isar isar. Right? The Mepharshim will ask, you know, we already spoke about Dibra, there is a sheet of Dibra Tarabalashim Ne'adam. This is not like the most unusual way of talking. And even if it was, right, we have a double Lashon by Nether and we also have a double Lashon by Isser. So according to your logic, a double Asser should also be eligible for making a Nether on. So the Gemara answer is no. Sorry, sorry, boy, look at the Tanya. That would be true to make the comparison, but it happens to be we need the sorry, sorry to teach you something else. What's that? Ezu Isser Ha'amr Betara. So again, that's all the that's all we say here. What do you mean? You have to fill in the rest with the Ran. You have to understand what does Ezo Isar Amar Batara mean? It's following that the Bryce is is talking about that there's an Isser, right? Where you have a Tfasa effective only if the if the original item was 
that was prohibited by an original netter to only one person. You have to look it back and harken back to Dafyid Bays. What happened in Dafyid Bays? In Dafyid Bays, you made a nether, right? Uh, and you said that today I should abstain, right, from, let's say, meat and wine on the day of my father's death. Okay. So that was something that was a nether, and it became also to you by virtue of a nether. So that's not davar aser, it's davar hanadur. Now watch this. Then later on, okay, you say it should be aser to me. So again, you made a nether and you made something aser to you. And you say this is going to be aser to me on the day my father dies. Then later on you say this should be aser to me just like it was aser to me on the day of my father's death. Now what's unusual about that is that you're not making it, you're making it a davar hanadur, but it's not shavu l'chol adam. You're not saying it should be like a korban, which would be also to everybody. You're saying it should be like something which is also specifically to you. That requires an extra level of chiddush. In other words, the fact that it, that, right, it was only usher to you because only it was your father, right? So since it was only usher to you, so that is an extra level of chiddush. It's not, it's something that usher to everybody. And it is for that. La Sar Isar is used for that. And it is only because we need a Sar Isar to teach you that lesson. That making a Dover, and mind you, it's a Dover Hanadur. It's not a Dover Asr. But it's a Dover Hanadur just for one person. That's the point. And it's still Asr. And because we need to learn a Sar Isar for that lesson, that it is not available to teach you a Sar Isar. And that's the whole reason that this mission exists. That if you say that something is Asr to me, like Chazar Treif, it won't work because we needed a Sar Isar for something else. Unbelievable. Fine, two dots, eight lines up. Again, it bears repeating. Don't ever say this. Wait a minute. Let's contrast this with the Bryce that says the following. The person says something even weirder. You're also to me like, what, the meat of my mother? You mean like the brisket that my mother makes? It's so delicious? No. It's from the Pasuk Ish Ish El Kol She'er B'Saro Lotikurulagalos Erva. It's talking about Arias. You're to me like the, you're also to me again, like the way that there's an Isra Arias with one's mother. Or Kefsarachoti, or the Arias with a sister. Or Ka'orla, we know the first, right? The first three years after it's planted, a fruit cannot be eaten. Or Kilayakarim, right? When you mixed two different kinds, right, of the, the seedlings. Lo Amar Klum. So there, Lo Amar Klum, you didn't say anything. Wait a minute. You didn't say anything. It sounds like he doesn't need any any annulment. Okay, so so far that's good, isn't it? No, it's not. Because why? Our mission has said that you have to go to the rabbi and you have to undo it. And the b'risa says that if you say you're also to me like an erva of my mother, doesn't say that you have to go to the rabbi. It just says Yeah, we throw out what you said, but we're not going to schlep you to shul to undo the nether. So which is it? Do you have to go to shul to undo the nether like our mission suggests? Or is it, do we throw out what you say without that, like the Bryce suggests? So the Gemara says, Amar Abaye, Lo Amar Kulum Midor Raisa. I think that sounds like the simplest answer, right? The Midor Raisa, we even said in our mission that it does, it's a nonsensical nether because you're making a nether on a Dover Aser. It's only Midor Abanan that you have to, that you have to go and, and, and undo the nether. Or Rava Amar. Is Rava going to not offer an alternative solution? How about Tamid Chacham and how about Amaretz? An interesting idea. An Amaretz, Lo Amar Klum, an ignorant person has to go. So our Mishnah was talking about the ignorant person. The Amaretz has to go, 
right, and and undo the nether, uh, as we'll see soon. It's because we think that he might confuse, the Amorites might confuse this Lashon with a different Lashon, right, all these things are subtleties. So, uh, so, so sometimes we have different halachas for different people because uh, as we, we always assume that the Talmud Chachamim are more sensitive to the nuance. So because the Amharats is not going to be sensitive to nuance, we're going to make him do undo the nether. That's, we'll see that on the inside. Says the Gemara, We'll see what Noder Batara means. We're going to have three different versions of this. Take us to the next Mishnah. But if you're Noder, I, I swear on the, on the Torah. What does that mean? Well, I said, you didn't say anything. And in that context, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, you, again, the difference between not saying anything and, and, and requiring Sheila Lechacham is whether we're going to make you go to Shul and undo the nether. And Rabbi Nachman said there that a Tam Chacham does not need Sheila. So you put it all together and you go to your Dalit Amad Beis and it says Tanya. Let's, so that, that's, that's a Sheila and we don't really know what it means. So now we're going to have with this, so, so again, Abaye made all the, all the sense in the world. That our Mishnah, that's the most pushed answer. Our Mishnah is talking about, is talking about Midar Abanan, that you have to go and undo the Nether. And it is the, right, the Brisa that's, when it says Lamar Klum, it's talking about Midar Raisa. But Rava is introducing this other Brisa that we can't make heads or tails of, and it has to do with Hanoider Batoro. This is a very unusual brisa. We're going to have three different versions of what's going on here as follows. Says the Gemara, Tanya, on the top of Yadalim Abbas. I know the Batara Lomar Klum. You say, right, I swear by the Torah scroll to, to do something or not to do it. it. I didn't do anything. But if I said, I make a nether on what's written in the Torah. So that, his words are valid. And if you say, I make a nether on the Torah and on what's written in it, then Dvarav Kayamim. His words are valid. What's going on here? What, what, what is going on? So this is not in the world. We're no longer Barry in the world of Davar another versus Davar Aser. We're back in what we, everyone thinks when they come to swear, right? When people say, right, we're, I'm going to say this phrase now just for the sake of, of learning. I swear to God, right? People will say that, right? Or by the hand of God. So that's a very common thing that people say, right? So, so there is the point of our bracelet. But that's, that's the topic over here. Having nothing to do with Davar another Davar Asr, but having to do with what people are mean when they say it. So again, if you're, what, what are we trying to tease out here? Is a person swearing on the words of the Torah? Because that's like swearing on Hashem. Because the words of the Torah are reflective of the direction of Hashem. Aha. Or is the person saying, I'm swearing on this parchment, on the scroll. If you're saying, I'm swearing on the scroll, now you've sworn nothing. Right? That's no obligation because you, you have actually haven't said anything. So that's what we're talking about over here. Okay. So now, and again, all this discussion has to do more with the Tamil Chacham versus the Yama Aretz more than anything else, bringing it back to Rava's Pshat. Okay? But it's in a different context of having nothing to do with Dabar and Nadar and Dabar Asr, but rather having to do with what are you swearing on when you swear on a Torah scroll? So if you're an Amaritz, maybe you're swearing on the parchment. If you're a Tamachacham, you, you, maybe you're swearing on the words. Let's see it inside. Right? This, this, let's see. Why did it have to say, In other words, once you said, So you're saying, I'm swearing on the words of the Torah. So that should work. So says the Gemara, Why do you have to say, In other words, 
Once you're saying that I'm swearing on the words, you don't need to say ba. So we don't need that halacha. That halacha is obvious. Elamai, the Gemara says, It's not so surprising that we have to teach both of those halachas in the Braisa because Well, it makes a difference. If the Torah scroll, Rahman al-Atzlan, is just laying on the floor, so then it's clear that this person who's making the swear, uh, that's making the, the, the nether, or swearing, as it were, is actually, see, this is, is actually referring to the scroll because he's treating it disrespectfully. If you understood, if you truly understood what the words in the Torah meant, you would pick it up off the floor. Aha. So sometimes the context matters. The way you treat the Sefer Torah shows which aspect of the Sefer Torah you're talking about. If you allow it to just lay down on the floor and you say this Sefer Torah, so you're probably just talking about the parchment. You just see it as parchment and wood, right? But if you're saying the words that are written in it, so then maybe it shows that you understand. But if you're holding it in your hands then you, and you're hugging it like it's Simchas Torah, so then it's a different thing. So then you see, you're showing enough respect to show that when you speak of the Torah, you don't mean just the parchment, you mean the words therein. That's what it means, right? So it doesn't mean, all right, if it's on the ground, then you're talking about the scroll, the parchment itself. If you're holding it, right, in your, in your arms, then it means that you understand that you're talking about the words therein. So go, Right, so the question is, when we say on the ground, like is it actually on the ground? Or does it mean that it's, Barry's pointing out, or does it mean that it's, that you're not holding it, right? That it's just resting somewhere other than your hand. Okay. Um, right, because the Mepharshim would explain, a safer tar should never be on the ground. If you ever see a safer tar on the ground, you should just pick it up. So, but we're highlighting Right, we're calling it on the ground to highlight the two different ways that one could be. It's still disrespectful, right? It's more respectful if you're holding it, like clutching it in your arms, than just leaving it and uh, and you're seeing it laying, let's say, even on the bima. Okay, right. But when you say on the ground, it's much more uh, illustrative, even though not literal, of treating the Torah dis, uh, with less respect. And we don't know whether you're referring to the words or to the scroll itself. Thank you, Barry, for that. So now. The Gemara is going to elaborate on that, actually. Machtal ara. Let's say it's, uh, it's on the bima, all right? Okay, then the Gemara points out that even if you said, right, it's his, the gvilim are the parchment, right? It's assumed that his intent is only on the parchment, and therefore that's not a good oath, right? Even if he said, amazing, amazing. However, when he's holding in his hand, it means that he's referring to the Shemus, right? The name in, in, in the parchment. So this is, again, an elaboration, and it's taking us all over the place. What is going to carry the day here? What is going to be most reflective of what he means when he says, I swear by the Torah? Where he's holding it or what he's saying? Okay, another way of looking at it is the Machtel Ara, if it's on the Bima, right? So then, Vahakamashmalan. What he's trying to say is the Afagav de Machtal Ara, that even though it's laying on the ground, Kavan the Amr of Mashakosabba Mahani, right? Once he says that Mashakosabba, so then it shouldn't matter where it is, because he's explicitly telling you that he's talking about the words. So what's going to be louder, Barry, your action or your words, right? The way you speak to the Sefer Torah. So the Deus, all of them are being brought here, right? We're trying to figure out, he's swearing by the Torah. Well, what's his body language? And what are his words? Is, does it, does, is he referring to the words of the Torah we're trying to figure out or is the Torah itself, okay? 
So you might say, Maybe the way the Brisa is structured is teaching you that, yeah, it's true that if he says, of course, it, you're referring to his words. And then, is zu zu just means yeah, and even more so if he says In other words, it's a uh, emphasis, right? It's obvious that that would also work, right? But we mention it nonetheless. That could be the Ebay Seman. Then the third suggestion is Kula. Now the Rush and the Bach take out this mitziyasa nami. This is like the middle clause. The nakele biyade. It's talking about when he's holding it in his hand. Since he's holding it in his hand. That it's amazing that even though, right, in other words, there's three different now interpretations as to why we needed Bamasha Kasava um, as well as Ba Uvamasha Kasava, right? So one way of looking at it is that it has everything to do with where it is situated. Another way of looking at it is that even, despite, regardless of where it's situated, it has to do with the words that you said. And now it's like this hybrid that since he's holding in his hand, that even though he only said ba, maybe it's as if he said bimasha kasav badami. Maybe that's what the, that last language in the Brisa means, okay? And therefore, all of these conversations, right, all of these, um, all of these permutations within that Brisa were attempt. Now, how did we get into this? The person who's swearing on the Torah, right? It was, it was all in an attempt to support Rava's explanation, right? Because Rava was saying so that, that there's a difference between Talmidah Chachamim and Hama'aretz, right? And so he's trying to show that sometimes if you understand what is written in the Torah, so then we are treated differently with respect to the Dharam. But this is a very, uh, right, it's not a very smooth right, transition over here to explain that idea, that the idea of whether he's a Tam Chacham or a Nama Aretz is, is, is very difficult uh, to illustrate because there's three different ways of understanding that Brisa. But when you come out at the end of the Brisa, you realize that certainly there is uh, something that we are inferring from your intent. And that's the point. The point that Robert is trying to bring out, it's an unbelie- it's a genius point. He's saying, this guy's swearing on the Torah. Well, when you have an individual swearing on the Torah, you have to start analyzing. Where is the Torah? How is it being treated? What are his words? How do we put together what he's saying with his actions in order to what? Come up with a theory, a hypothesis, so to speak, of what he's, what he's trying to actually say. So similarly here. Right? When a person says his words, we're evaluating what level of tamachacham and intention does he have when he says those words. And once he, once we can evaluate that, then we can tell. And therefore, it is not surprising, according to Rava, that you could say the same thing in the Mishnah and in the Brisa. You could say, you're usher to me like my mother. And if you're a tamachacham, maybe you would not need a she'ela because you understand the subtle difference of saying kibsar imasi, that, that, and you understand the subtle difference and therefore you know. And because you understand the subtle difference, we're not going to make you do uh, hafaris nadarm. Whereas if you're an amaritz, maybe you thought, and this is the key point, maybe you thought that you were making a real nether. Oh, if you thought you were going to make a real nether and we're not going to make you do she'ela, so then that's a problem. 
because then maybe you're going to make other nadarim that are in fact valid, and you're going to think that you don't need to do she'ela for them as well. So all of these things need to be into, uh, taken into consideration in the world of nadarim. Fine. So now we arrive at the mission of the bottom base, and the guy is swearing that he's never going to, that he's not going to sleep. Konam, right? Use the lashon of neder. Shani yashen, shani medaber. Okay. I am making it. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to talk. Shani mahalech. I'm not going to walk. Or Omer Ishto Konam Shani Misham Sheikh tells his wife, I'm making a nether that we're not going to have any cohabitation. Harei ze Belo Yachel Devaro. Right? So he's subject there to the prohibition of Lo Yachel. That you can't desecrate your words. Right? What does that mean? You should say it's Asr. So that works? How does that work? Ask the Gemara. Idmar, Koinim Einai Beshena Hayom Imisham Lamachar. When it comes to sleep, I'm making a nether regarding my sleep. If I sleep, Tomorrow, this is like a logic question. So if I sleep tomorrow, I can't sleep today. That's what it means. Don't sleep today. Right? Because again, if I right, sleep tomorrow, then I can't sleep today. So you better stay up because you may want to sleep tomorrow, says Rabbi Yehuda. Whereas if Nachman Amar, no. Carpe diem here. We're going to go day by day. If Nachman Amar, Yishan, right? Hayom. You can sleep today. That's okay. But you better not sleep tomorrow, right? In other words, right? But we're not concerned that you're going to sleep tomorrow because after all, your nether with regards to sleep wasn't about today. Your nether about sleep was about tomorrow. So you say, if I sleep today, then I can't sleep tomorrow. So says the, the Gemara. But even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that, that if you say that if I sleep today, I can't sleep tomorrow, that he could sleep today, right? But if he says it in the other way, right? In other words, in the first case, he said that I am not going to sleep today if I'm going to sleep tomorrow. And then that, and there is a question because we don't know if you're going to fulfill it. But if you're going to say that the, the, the condition is if I sleep today, then he can, in fact, sleep today. Why are the case different? Says the Gemara, as we arrive at Tesfamadav, ki lo mizdaher bisna avabisur mizdaher which means that the tznai, he's going to take the nether more seriously than the condition. In other words, if the nether is now, or if, even if the nether is later, whatever the nether is, you're going to take the nether seriously. But if the nether is for now, and then the conditional is tomorrow, so now you've already passed the threshold of nether, and like you didn't get struck by lightning, now all you got to do is fulfill the condition, that condition is like a psychology, right? The condition you're not going to take as seriously as the nether. The nether is like the obligation right in front of your face. Then there they'd be moda that you take the nether seriously. But to fulfill the condition after the fact, you can say, listen, I can always have an excuse for the condition. And as long as it's not a nether straight staring me in the face, maybe you wouldn't be so motivated. So we'll resume with Tesvav tomorrow to analyze this Mishnah of what are you doing with the konam uh, about, about the speech because there is... Uh, a lot here with regards to Chetzan Gavra of Shru and Adarim as follows, and it uh, deserves its own daft tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem, on Tesvav in Maseches Nadarim.